Welcome to episode 107 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen, and I am the inventory coordinator at The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. And I'm not in this episode. It's another installment in our Love It or Loathe It series, and you're going to get the pleasure this week of listening to Annie and Emily and Hunter talk about Difficult Women, a new short story collection from Roxanne Gay. It is a difficult book. I have read it as well, and I just could not be there for the recording this week. I'll come in at the end of the show with just a couple of my thoughts, um, but otherwise, I hope you enjoy this episode of Love It or Loathe It. Six. Five or six. Five or six. Oh, okay. Um, so our last episode, we talked about... Mm, I'm, I'm leading us there, and I don't know what we talked about last. My brilliant friend. My brilliant friend. My brilliant friend. Okay. Okay. Whew. All right. So, Which I still have not read the second one. Has anybody? Nope. You no. You certainly weren't going to. I want to, but no. Okay. I didn't read the cliff notes either. You didn't. Okay. So I haven't, I haven't progressed any further in that series. But we thought we would try something pretty different, because I think typically we have done... Lots of fiction, obviously, and many suspense novels or, like, books people have talked a lot about. And this one feels a little different. Um, We decided to tackle Difficult Women by Roxane Gay. Hunter, you want to give us a brief kind of synopsis of the book? Yeah. um, It's a short story collection, and it's about women of all walks of life in different times in their life and kind of what they're going through. And just, like, it's kind of little gemstones and... Yeah, and I think most people might recognize her, might recognize Roxane Gay from Bad Feminist, Mm -hmm. which I read and enjoyed, and she's got a memoir coming out later this year. So I like Roxane Gay, but I had not tackled short stories. I think I had only read her essays from Bad Feminist, and she writes essays for a lot of different... Mm -hmm. I've read her in magazines or online publication. Okay, so she, I feel like you've probably heard of Roxane Gay, and she's been in the news a lot lately with some stuff going on with Simon & Schuster. So, um, we decided to tackle her short story collection, which just came out, I think, in earlier this month, in February. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, initial thoughts, just before we dive in, maybe to some of these stories. Um, I think there should be, like, a disclaimer. This, this is not a, like, if you're, like, under a certain age, you might not want to read this. It's, like, a little bit... Trigger warning. Trigger warning. <laughs> if you've been through anything in life and you are easily upset, or if you haven't been through anything in life and you're easily upset... It's not for the faint of heart. Yeah. Yeah, this book is not... That's a good way to put it. It's not for the faint of heart. I would say I read maybe... So I think a lot of our listeners have come over from Ann Bogle's podcast, What Should I Read Next?, and I think Anne wrote a pot, uh, wrote a blog post about books for highly sensitive people. And I think she talked about like how there's just some subject matter that she cannot read or that she does not read. But basically, I think if you are a highly sensitive person, there's some material in here that is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, it was tough for me, and we can go into detail later, but that's a good kind of disclaimer up front. We will be talking about some of those things yeah. as well as we talk about these stories. So you've been warned, trigger warning, <laughs> HSP warning, <laughs> highly sensitive readers, I guess. Um, what, Emily, what were your initial thoughts about the book? Because this, I think you said, was outside of your typical reading genre or your yes. recent reading genre anyway? Yeah, well, it's very far out. <laughs> As we've mentioned before, I came from reading young adult for the last year or two. Um, and 
I love this book. Okay. I'm going to put it out there. I'm waiting until the end. <laughs> and I do, I would have said before this that I was queasy about a lot of subject matter that was covered in this book, but for whatever reason, the way she handled it and the way that she wrote it, I just, I found it, we talked about this, like, beautiful, not in a traditional sense, but it was just, her writing was amazing. Mm-hmm. The stories, the the women were, I just felt like I knew them, and there were so few words, and mm-hmm. every character was so different from the Yeah, previous. which I will say, each story, sometimes in a short story collection, so I did not love every story in this collection, because, though, of subject matter, mm-hmm. not because of a lack of writing. Yeah. I feel like in a short story collection, there's frequently a weaker story, mm-hmm. or a couple of stories that you're like, oh, the editor just had to throw in more stories yeah. to like round out this collection. I did not feel that mm-hmm. way about this. Not I felt like every story was powerful. Every character was incredibly drawn out for me. Like mm-hmm. I just... Any story I didn't like was honestly because I fall on that HSP spectrum where, oof, that was, who that was a lot, <laughs> um, where I would finish and feel like almost I had been punched in the gut. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I gotta, I gotta take a minute. Um, Hunter, what about you? Um, I, first of all, there's, there's a lot of, um, sexual assaults and, and people who have been raped or something along those lines in this story. And anyone who's listened before knows that every book I've read at some point has had that in it. And I'm normally not overwhelmed, um, but as much as I enjoyed this, I enjoyed it on the level of I, I appreciated it for what it was, but it was very emotionally overwhelming for me just because it, there were so many things happening to these poor women. Why do you think it was more overwhelming to you than some of the other stories? Because I feel like of the three of us, mm-hmm. I think you might be more comfortable with the yeah. subject matter. No, no. Um, and so why do you think this one kind of was harder? Um you know, in most of the books that you read that have this kind of stuff happening, um, the author always does a really good job of almost writing it in a way that there's like this safety gauze over it that it just kind of, you can't quite see everything that's happening. Like maybe taking you to a point and then stopping. Yeah, and yeah, and even if you know what's happening, even with um, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings by Maya Angelou, there's, there's a scene where an eight-year-old girl is raped and, and it's and it tells you that this happens, but it doesn't tell you in a way where you're that upset about it. You're upset enough, but then it kind of stops it there. Yes. And in this story collection, she is not she doesn't shy away from anything. She's very honest and very in the moment in some of these in some of these women's lives. And it's and it's it's beautifully realized, but it is disgusting to know that these are things that people are really going through. Yeah, I when Emily and I talked before we started recording, for me uh, Roxanne Gay was never explicit. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't go so far as to say she was explicit. Never gratuitous, but certainly visceral. Mm-hmm. Like, like everything I was reading, I could picture it, Like, which is the kind of reader I am. Like, I have no problem, like, creating these images in my head, which maybe why some of this was really hard for me. Like, some of the stories, I think about halfway through the collection, I texted both of you, and I was like, I don't know if I can keep, <laughs> keep doing this at this mm-hmm. level. It just felt like each story was there wasn't a break it felt like but i think it depends on how you read it Mm -hmm. because i read this over a significant i mean from the minute we decided Mm -hmm. i started because Mm -hmm. i was really excited to read it and i listened to myself and when i needed a break yeah i took a break yeah because 
it is just like punch, 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 yeah. punch. And if you don't take a break and process, yeah. I mean, you really have to process. That's really story. smart. That's that is, smart. That is because... smart. And I think I'm, yeah. a, I'm, I'm almost a binge reader. Like I, yeah. which I did better. This one I think took me a full week, which for me, for me is a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did. And Emily, I think you were right. There was a point where I reached. So truthfully, I think it was the last quarter of the book where I felt a little bit more like, okay, this is uh, my pace. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, though. And this, the I'm a knife. Uh. Oh, gosh. I I don't know. I feel like a terrible human being because that bothered me the most. Really? And it's about an animal. Like, all these terrible things are happening to a man. <laughs> but the poor deer, like, and I'm not saying poor. Like, I don't actually feel it's poor. No, I just, the way that I was watching or, you know, in my head seeing it. I had to close the book twice during that one story. And I did not close it for anything else. That's so interesting because I definitely... There's a story... um, I tried to take little notes beside it. Um, So the first probably... One, two, three, four, five... Probably first five stories I was fine. I really liked Florida. Mm -hmm. Um, Florida I liked because of the setup. So basically it was a different address. And I love just getting a peek into these different addresses of women Mm -hmm. living in this community in Florida. Um, La Negra Blanca? Is that how you... La Negra Blanca? I don't know. Along that line. (laughs) That was the one where I thought, I... This I cannot do. <laughs> like that mm-hmm. that was the short story for me where I felt like must close. Mm-hmm. I will reopen was it later. The, the one that was the man's perspective? That was the one where it had part of it was the man's mm-hmm. perspective. And she was a stripper. Yes. Um, yes. and a Johns Hopkins University student. That was a rough Ooh, one. That was the one where I had to close the book but a couple times. At the same time, that that one was interesting to me because it took me to a place where I was almost like overwhelmed, which most of the stories, despite their content, never made me feel that uncomfortable. And then but at the same time, it was also kind of the most eye roll worthy characters because they were kind of to me like stereotypical it certainly veered i think she did a good job but it veered on that lifetime movie yeah um thing like i felt i'm I'm making hand motions (laughs) realizing we're recording a podcast um in a worse writer's hand that story could have gone the lifetime movie. kind of like gone girl like it's like gone girl has that it could be lifetime but it was done well enough to wear it but done definitely enough where no, this is really good. Yeah. Um, and so, but e- every story after that, so like that's pro- that's the sixth story, <laughs> the one about baby arm. Ba- <laughs> I, I got. I just every story I was like, oh my gosh, I can't. Like I just want to feel in her head. When her she comes head. Up yeah. with that. Yes. But you know what though? I think that the last line of baby arm was so beautiful. Beautiful. Which one was that? Was it the one where she says? Um. Maybe having a whole. It's like having, it's, well, hold on. I'll read it. Because okay. it's, yeah. Um, which, this has no context, so to yeah. our listeners, you're going to be weirded out. But if you've read it. <laughs> um, but just imagine, we're talking about plastic baby parts, yeah. right. not real baby parts. Dolls. Yes, dolls. <laughs> this is going to, I just realized without context, this, context, this is going to be sad. <laughs> While Gus sleeps, I hold the baby arm and the baby thigh so hard and smooth and adorable. I think about how the longer I date Gus, the more baby parts he'll bring me. And maybe eventually we'll have a little family of fiberglass child parts that will never become anything more than what they are i don't know why but i thought that was as disturbing as it was i think that if you've ever been in that kind of in the relationship that the story tells i think that that's there's something so interestingly true about that like Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. I really enjoyed reading that because I was like, um, like I, I read that in the middle. I was sitting at a dinner where I was supposed to be paying attention. And, um, and I just looked up and I was like, uh, I get this as disturbing as it is. And also, let me just say this. Um, I don't think that any of these women in this, in this story are necessarily difficult in that they're like mm. these, like, um, they're not like the, like the moms that the soccer moms that come in with the haircut and say, <laughs> let me speak to the manager. They're not like that. But I will say that there are plenty of, the other day I was at the Zaxby's drive through and there was this woman there that like slammed the window door in my face like, without saying anything, whenever she handed me the food, she was just kind of rude. And normally, I'd have been really mad, and I'd have, like, driven off and, like, said some words I shouldn't have. But after reading this story, I said, you know, I wonder if she's, like, having an issue with someone giving her baby arms or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I was just, I, I thought about it, about, you know, why is, why is she a difficult person to... Well, and I think that's a good, um, I, I wonder if that's what the title is speaking to like what makes a difficult woman like yeah. when we use, I pondered that title in a lot yeah when like when this. we use that phrase oh you're being so difficult which I feel like I don't I could be wrong but I don't hear men described that way very no. often Mm-mm. so what makes a difficult woman what is Roxanne Gay arguing that a difficult woman is what experiences make us difficult people mm-hmm. and what does difficult really mean yeah. um yeah, I thought that the title in and of itself, you could probably write a thesis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, that and then the I felt like the f- placement of each story was mm-hmm. so significant mm-hmm. because in the beginning, just when I was thinking, what have I got myself into? How mm-hmm. are we going to talk about this? There was this beautiful story about love, not a beautiful simple love, right. and it wasn't cheesy and easy, but. I was like, it was like a palate cleanser. And then yeah. I kept going. And I, I just felt the whole time I was on this ride Yeah. through, even though they're short stories and there's no story arc, mm-hmm. I felt moved. Like, each story, the placement was a story. So Chris has been reading this one, too. And I think he's been reading it in, like, one short story at a time and kind of mm-hmm. bouncing around depending he's on how much time. Picking yeah, he's picking order. which stories. And normally... I think that's fine, but I think you're right. I do think whoever edited and compiled this, there is a purpose to kind of where mm-hmm. these are placed. And I, it took me a long time to reach that quote unquote palate cleanser. Like I felt like, oh, this is hard for me. But I also acknowledge I come from a very sheltered place. Um, I'm not necessarily a sheltered reader, but I certainly would call myself a sheltered person. Um, and so a lot of this was just not unfamiliar reading territory necessarily, but very much unfamiliar personal territory. And so for me, some of it just felt really overwhelming. And yet I kept reading because the writing was so stellar and I wouldn't call them palate cleansers, but there were stories kind of mixed in where I was like, oh, this is good. Like, this is so good. Like I couldn't, I couldn't put it down because the writing was really wonderful. Well, I think, um, Annie, you and I talked about this, um, the other day, but in a way, I don't know if anyone who's listened has read A Little Life by Hanya Yanagihara, but mm. um, it's even the happy moments in here are kind of like the happy years in A Little Life, which, if you've read it, it's a very sad book that has a moment that could be considered happy while you're in it. But once you like <laughs> step out of the book, you're like, oh, wow, that's still kind of sad, actually. Yes. Okay, that's how I felt. That's right. I forgot we talked about that. Because, yeah, for me, I think, Emily, you and I were talking, too, and... Um, I think I wrote in my book, like, is this the healthy relationship in this short story collection? Like, is this what healthy looks like? Because to me, 
it didn't feel healthy at all, but in context of the stories, mm-hmm. it was one of the healthier ones. I also wanted to compare, so there's another short story collection I read not long ago called Fortune Smiles by Adam yes. Johnson. And if you have been listening to our podcast that long, you will know that I read that collection and there's one story in there that is about, I never know how, which, what category he falls under, um... He's, he's a pedophile. A, he's a pedophile. Um, and I never... Well, a pedophile... Like, a, a child molester is somebody who, like, is actively, like, or, or has actively molested children. A pedophile is somebody who has the inclination, and it, they can, or, like, pedophile is a more general term. Yes. So I believe the most accurate term is, it's a short story about a pedophile, and it is dark. Mm-hmm. Um, but I read it because Adam Johnson's writing was amazing, and, I mean, at the end, I felt like... I will never be able to forget this. Like, uh, it was, it was, I don't recommend it to everyone. Just like, to be honest, I couldn't recommend Difficult Women to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can, if you can do a little life, if you can do that that short story in A Fortune Smiles, if you can do this, then I think you can have some really, really great, heavy, weighty conversations mm-hmm. about it. Um which, which you don't get if you never read stuff like this. Yeah. I don't advocate reading stuff like this all the time. It's heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it's handled by, an, by a capable hand, by a capable mm-hmm. author, I think it might be worth trying. And there are stories in here that you could try if you didn't want to tackle the whole collection. Although yeah. I think Emily's right. The whole collection works really well together. Something else I loved that I thought was kind of brilliant, and I didn't realize it until you were what you were just saying, because I felt this way about one story, and then I just realized the whole book is written this way, is that the story where um, her father takes her to the trailer for his, to be with his mistress, yes. and the last part, you know, he died, and she's drawn back to go see this mm-hmm. mistress, and then, you know, the mistress, like, m- makes a pass at her, basically, yeah. and she's like, and then I got up. And the story ends, and you are forced to decide mm-hmm. which way she goes. Mm-hmm. And this whole book, I think one of the really hard things is that you're reading these stories. There's not a lot of reaction and emotion from the characters. Oh, that's true. We don't and, see that part. And I feel mm-hmm. like she puts that on you. Mm-hmm. Like, you carry that weight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you feel devastated. You feel hurt. You feel love. You feel shame. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah. I think that might be why it's kind of exhausting but yeah. to read is she asks you yes to mm-hmm. to put that on you know to feel those that part of the character yeah to carry that burden yeah. I think you're right like I hadn't thought of it that way but that story in particular that story is called in the event of my father's death and I marked it as one of my favorites but it's just two I think it's two or three pages like it's not sure. long it's super short super and memorable though. it's one of the most memorable stories and the and when it ends you do think. Like, your brain, you as the reader have to decide. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't, you know, I thought what was so good about it is it didn't make me like, what happened? Right. You were angry. I just concluded it for myself. And then I thought, wait a second, why did I go that way? And then Mm -hmm. I I think this book makes me question myself a lot. Which way did you go? I'm curious. Inside with her. Me too. Yeah. That's where I, (laughs) which, okay, just a side note, by the way. um, But then immediately I was like, wait a second. Right. You know, and I thought, maybe, you know, probably not. No, I don't know. Sorry, I don't know. Um, but I will say, um, Dark Meadows is the short story by um, Adam Johnson from the oh, Smiles collection. Yeah, and um, 
which it's so funny that we talk, we've been talking a lot about the organization, like how these stories are organized in the collection, because Lauren Groff did a review of Fortune Smiles whenever it first came out, and she said that she read the, um, she read the short story Dark Meadows on its own and thought it was a really very interesting story and that she really enjoyed it. But within, when she read the entire collection, she said that it was, it took on an entirely different context. Really? Based on, yeah. Because I did read, that was another collection I read in order. Mm -hmm. Um, And you had warned me about Dark Meadows and I wasn't (laughs) sure I was going to tackle it. Um, And I, I'm glad I did. I feel hesitant saying glad. Um, (laughs) But it was a story that, certainly made an impact like mm-hmm. I have not I have not forgotten that final scene from that story um Emily you said you didn't quite finish the last three stories and they're my favorite like <laughs> don't tell me they're, they're my favorite well I have to say because I was getting to the point probably yeah when I had like a quarter of the book left I honestly thought I just don't know you guys like it's beautiful but I don't it's beautiful writing mm-hmm. but it's brutal like I don't know that I can do this yeah it's brutal yeah yeah it's brutal and I just thought I can I don't know that this is it's certainly not for me and I just don't know that I can finish it but I'm glad that I did because is that your reward for getting through yes it? I think it was my reward because um the story where okay I think it was called yeah the sacrifice of darkness mm-hmm. where um, it's narrated by a young girl or by a woman whose husband's father like flew into the sun. So we're living in a world with no sun. And the I don't know, the way she created this world that most authors try to do in like a book. Three uh, books. Yes. <laughs> yes, like a trilogy. Yeah. Um, she was able to write about this, I don't know that post-apocalyptic is the right word, but this world without a sun. She was able to create this entire world in like 20 pages. Mm-hmm. It was brilliant. I thought, this is brilliant. This is my favorite part. Yeah. And then I thought that was my favorite story. And then the second to last one, I think, was my other favorite story. Is that the one? What is that? Noble Things. Oh, Okay. Emily, you've got to go back and read it. I'm going to finish. I've just been painting every night this because <laughs> I fell asleep. Because um, Noble Things is about when the, in the world she has once again created, the South has had its second secession. Oh. And I made Chris look up when she wrote it because it like there's stuff about a wall in here. Like, oh, yeah. There is, and it's she wrote it in 2013 or 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is just a... Even if you read no other, like if some of what we're saying about sexual assault and um, <laughs> rape and molestation, that's not your thing, which I don't blame you. Like there are stories in here. Um, noble things has some really some interesting political implications. She's just, I want to meet her. I have nothing to say to her. <laughs> I don't want to like expose my ignorance <laughs> to her brilliance because, oh my gosh, I just. I think she would be, I think she'd be kind of intimidating to me. Yeah. To me. Because I don't know, in one book, she does the weirdest, most creative stories, and mm-hmm. then, like, just the most simple, I mean, three pages. Some of, yeah, three pages. It's, the short story really is an art form, and it's yes. one I don't always, it's one we don't always talk about, because I think there are a lot of bad short story collections mm-hmm. and short stories out there. They're hard to sell. As a bookseller, short story collections are notoriously difficult to sell. Um, because I think people are intimidated by them. And that's unfortunate because you don't have to have an English degree to read a short story collection. Um, it helps to have people to talk them over with. So, like, I like short story collections for book clubs and things like that. But 
really short stories are great because you can read them and then you can put down the book if you're not ready to tackle the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And she has deftly handled these stories. Deftly is the word I keep coming back to because like in two or three pages, she's created this whole, you don't even need more information no. for your brain to kind of fill out the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I'm glad we did this one because without this, I would not have finished this book. Yeah. Um, but I'm really glad that I did, both because I was rewarded with my favorite mm-hmm. stories at the end, um, and because like that Adam Johnson story, I think, I think these are things that are important to know, mm-hmm. and for somebody like me who is sheltered, um, it's important for my bubble to be burst. Although I think the word I wrote in my front was this book actually like smashed my bubble, like it, <laughs> like, like it didn't just pop my bubble, like it completely um, smashed it just because. Ooh, the unhealthy relationships and the 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 brokenness, but then the strength of these characters. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I don't think a single woman in this book I could describe as weak. No. Like which may be difficult, may imply Persever- they persevere. Yeah. Um, who do you think this book is written for? I wondered that because you and I have talked about I I think in our neck of the woods in particular, this book is hard to sell. Um, it's already hard to sell because it's a short story collection. Um, but the subject matter makes it tough for me to put in just anybody's hands. It just does. But I wonder if the publication about it now is more important than ever. Um, Mm -hmm. because, because she is writing, even though my heart breaks that the things she's writing about do happen, I think they do happen. And Mm -hmm. They happen to people around you and you don't know. Yes. I just, I wonder, like, if you were, you know, because you and I talked about that we don't identify with any of the experiences in these stories, but as someone who would identify, I wonder if it would not be written for you, if it would more be written for you. I will just say, there are some things in this story, I'm not a woman, but there are some things in this story, in these stories that I have gone through in some way or another and one of the reasons why I've always enjoyed other stories that have had some similar things happen is because I was glad to see other people kind of make it through hardships. And I think this was, and it was, it was good for, I think it'll be good for some people to read who have gone through it if they are at the point where they are not past it necessarily, but are strong enough to look at it and see why it's made them stronger. But I don't think it's for people who are like fresh off of any traumatic events because it's going to be I think it's just going to be putting salt in in an open wound at that point you know and it's not just one story it's it's several of them that do tackle kind of some some difficult things Mm -hmm. that's a good question though who is this for Mm -hmm. and I wonder in a short story collection is each story for somebody a little different Yeah, I like it because I feel like it's almost confrontational for like people who don't who mm-hmm. haven't been through that to mm-hmm. say like this exists right mm-hmm. and these people are relatable to you in a lot of ways and it's not in your face and it's not heightened emotion yeah. this is just a like a really it i just i she i don't even know the word it's not raw to me mm-hmm. but it's not it's not aggressively confrontational it's somewhere in between or it's like here it is mm-hmm. you can't ignore it Mm-hmm. Now you do something with it. Like, you figure out how these characters react based on your emotion. I don't know. I will say, a, one group of people that I would really love to read this collection um, are men. 
Because as much as it may not necessarily be targeted by the publishing, like but by everyone else, two men, I think that right now there is still a divide between men and women, and it's really upsetting and frustrating. And with everything that's going on with with women's lives right now, I think that this is what this is the wake up call to the men who don't understand what's going on with women's lives of all of all walks of life and i think that this is just one of many many stories that needs to be shared with men Hmm, that's a that's an interesting point i think for me both as a bookseller and as somebody who many of these stories were hard for me to get through um and emily and i talked like i I didn't know off the top of my head other than I thought, well, if I if I didn't know Hunter had already bought a copy, I would have thought this book is something Hunter would enjoy. Um, or this book is something Emily would be able to read and, <laughs> and, and like, and, and, and talk and about. Enjoy. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I do think, I think to sell it to you guys is the easy sell. But as a bookseller to, or even, you know, even to somebody like my husband, Jordan, like, I don't know that I could hand him this book. I could select a certain number of stories for him and be mm-hmm. like, these are, these are important for you to these read. These would be a great academic, this would be a good academic book. Yes. To say, there's so, I mean, there are so many levels. Yes. This book, I mean. Chris, if you're listening, this would be a good one for your class. Yeah. I feel, I feel like, yeah, I feel like in a classroom setting mm-hmm. or a book club setting, yeah. if your book club, if your book club is tough enough to like, yeah. to handle it, um, or if your feminist theory class or something <laughs> it can handle something like this, I think I think or, yeah. a classroom setting or a group setting is the best way to read this because it leaves mm-hmm. you. I mean, you're thinking a lot of things. Yeah, it's yeah. like you you react to it. She, I mean, it's just there's so many layers. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you think about all the things that are implied that she doesn't say, but you get a whiff of, and you're thinking about. It, you don't realize you're really thinking about it. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, oh, just so good. Okay, so, so we love know who it. loves it. Okay. <laughs> so, and I will say we had gotten a we have received um, some feedback that oh you know it'd be fun to do a book club style discussion episodes. That's really what love it or loathe it. That's kind of how it started was mini book club. Like it's not maybe six people talking about a book, but that would be tough on a podcast. So it's the three of us having mini book club. And we acknowledge that love it or loathe it isn't always the case. Like, mm-hmm. as Emily coined for us last time, you can you can rest soundly in the or. Um, so from now on, you're going to hear us either love it, loathe it, or. or. <laughs> so Hunter, what was this one for you? It was or. It was or. Just because I lean towards love because I think it's important, but it's or because it's it's not something I personally loved. Okay. So, um, so I started this thing, right, where I post like Instagram reviews and I gave this one four stars because the right, the writing is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and the last two, two or three stories are my favorites. I'm going to say, or because the, I don't think this is for everybody. And for me, just as a reader, forget bookseller, forget whatever, just as a reader, this one was tough. Um, so I don't know that I loved it, but I do rest more on that side. And interestingly, so somebody commented on my Instagram because I said, I didn't, I don't even want to say I enjoyed this because that feels demeaning to the book itself. Like Mm -hmm. not forget, like enjoy doesn't seem like the right verb. And somebody commented, I think she's actually a publisher rep, maybe even for Riverhead books. (laughs) Um, but she, she said, um, you know, 
it's important to read books that are that way where you can't love it or enjoy it. You can't it. escape in it. Yes. And so this, that's not what this is. But if you are ready to have some tough conversations and if you're ready to tackle some just stellar writing, then I do think this is for you. So I'm going to I'm going to be like you Hunter or toward the love side of the spectrum. spectrum. Yeah, it's now a spectrum. Yeah. Um so my piece Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I you love, love many times. But I love it because it is so smart. Mm. Because it makes me think long after I put it down. I am really disturbed that I wasn't more disturbed by this book. And I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know why. And I, I kind of feel like I should be. But I think the writing is just so beautiful. There's so many little themes that you kind of pick up on that are worth thinking about. And I think everyone should read this, honest to God. I think... You need to read it. You need to see people this way. And it's not, as Annie said, it's not gratuitous. You'll never feel dirty for reading. You never feel like the author's trying to get some emotion out of you in a cheap way. I mean, it's all purposeful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Every word is is placed. I mean, it's just mind-blowing. I loved it. I'm so glad that you did because because this was a, just a different story. All to, I mean, a different book altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad that... I'm glad that we all read something, I think, a little... I know it was outside my comfort zone. Hunter, I don't know if it was really outside yours <laughs> or not, but it was certainly outside of mine, and it, it's always good to, I think, to be placed outside our comfort zones. Yeah. And now we get to decide what to read next. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have read Difficult Women, we would love to hear from you. You can email me at annie at bookshelfthomasville.com. This is one of those books that if you finish, you'll probably want to talk about it with somebody, and we would love to be those people for you. Um, and you can also um, find my Instagram reviews at the hashtag AnnieReads2017, and you could leave your review um, under my picture of Difficult Women. For full episodes of From the Front Porch, please visit us on iTunes or on our store website. That's www.bookshelfthomasville.com. And you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at bookshelftville. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you guys next week. Okay, I'm just chiming back in here a little bit to locate myself like squarely two-thirds between Emily and Annie um, on the like on the on the border of love and or but like just over the border into love I love the lyricism of this book I love the way that it was written um, every scene even when it's describing bizarre things like Annie mentioned the story about the man flying into the sun there's another story where people there's a a woman entirely made of glass, like literally made of glass, you can see through her. Um, and that's part of the beauty of that story, but also part of the just kind of horrific imagery of the things that you can see through her or inside of her. Um, it's uh, it's not straightforward realism all the time. And that's another thing that I liked about it, that it wasn't just a bunch of you know, interesting stories about difficult women in everyday or terrifying or awful situations, but it's also has, it, sometimes it has this kind of almost uh, fantastical quality to it, where like quasi-magical things are happening and causing us to think in a way that I think are, 
Armily? <laughs> Not Armily. <laughs> Although now that's what I'm going to call her. Hey, sorry, Emily. Your new name is Armily. Um, but I think Emily articulated that very well, that this is a book that forces you to think and forces you to think even when you don't realize that you're thinking. And that's, that's beautiful. And that's what good writing is supposed to do. And I also do want to go on record and defend myself a little bit. I know that I read it a little bit out of order, but I also really do understand order and how important that kind of thing is, that kind of compilation. I'm writing a whole dissertation on that, for the record, about how putting things in different orders completely changes the meaning of the things that are included and reordered. So, I don't know. I listen to albums. I've never listened to a single in my life. That's definitely not true, but, 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 okay, you didn't need any of that. So just think of that last little bit as the jokey bit that we usually have at the beginning of the show. Here at the end. The end of all things, my friends. Well, maybe not all things. Anyway, I have been Chris Jensen. If you have any questions about the show, about me, about the shop, about anything book-related that I can help you with, please email me at inventory at bookshelfthomasville.com. I will be happy to answer your questions, and I'm generally pretty prompt about it. Um, I'm recording this alone in my apartment, and it's a little bit late, and there are frogs and crickets and all kinds of sounds and a dog barking outside. I hope none of that was obvious to you. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week.